Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience yep. continue in some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Luke, yes. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Oh, 
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard theater Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Yes, we got to choose, we got to choose, we have to choose who we're going to, who we're going to serve, who are we going to serve, all right, give me one second, y'all, all right, all right, all right, we're going to learn today, all right, all right, all right, we're going to learn today, all right, all right, all right, all right, Salam, 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 and good morning, Baruch Wab in the in the uh, ancient Hebrew greeting. Uh, how's everybody doing? Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope it, it was it was um, I hope it was it was faithful. I pray that it was um, uh, restorative and informative. Right, that that truly is my prayer. Um, so everybody, you reached another episode of. Bible Talk. My name is Rashaba. I've been doing this here. We've been doing this here for about 13 years. Right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. All right. Salam, 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 salam. As you know, we do, do we try to do Blog Talk uh, Monday through Thursday from basically 10 a.m. Um, Central Standard Time to about 12 noon, uh, uh, Monday through Thursday. And we, uh, we come back Friday nights um, from 8 p.m. to so about 10 p.m. All right, we're trying to keep it around a two-hour two hour mark. Um, now the, the blog talk schedule, the Bible talk schedule, is on Mondays. Uh, you, have, you have me, Mashaba. I've got the class. Um, I'm trying to hold it down and trying to go over uh, covering topics and series. Um, uh, just going over, going over things, just trying try to get some reading in, trying to get some uh, research in, and trying to help us get an understanding about the things that are going on, just like all of our classes. But you got me on Mondays. Then you have uh, the brother Tazapa has Tazapa Tuesdays, uh, where he does about an hour. The first hour of the of the, of the class uh, of the show, he does about an hour worth of uh, current events, and he measures it with, with scriptures and, and everything. A real informative class, a great class, and then he goes into a topic as well for Tazapa Tuesdays. Um, then we come back. I, I get the class on Wednesdays. Um, then we come back on Thursdays, where Tazapa comes back again for another series he started called. Uh, for your information, FYI, and uh, and that is more focused on different questions that the brother gets um, throughout the um, uh, from either text, the conversation, um, or even email. And the brother, he, he is a great researcher. He does a lot. He puts in, puts in the research, he puts in the work, and then he presents presents that in a class on Thursdays. And that's why we call it FYI for your information um, Thursdays with the brother Tazapai. Then we come back on Friday nights uh, with the Brother Bonabad, uh, you know, coming to the Sabbath, where we have uh, Friday night Bible breakdowns with Bonabad. All right? So that pretty much is our blog talk schedule. All right? That's Monday through Thursday, again, from 10 a.m. to about 12. We try to keep it there. Sometimes, though, we can be just because of, of uh, technicalities or what have you, um, we might have to adjust the times, but we try to keep those times, again, from 10, 10 a.m. Uh, Texas time to about 12 noon, and then coming back uh, – on uh, Friday nights, uh, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Texas time um, on Friday nights. Uh, we are affiliated with, with, with several schools across the country. Uh, first and foremost, shalom to all Israelites, uh, all 12 tribes that are out there. Um, 
uh, stealing the the slogan from a uh, borrowing, I should say, borrowing the slogan from uh, I I I U I C Israel United in Christ uh, to the twelve tribes worldwide. All right, to the twelve tribes worldwide. Um, for our school, we have a school here in San Antonio, which is called the Sword of Truth. Um, they are located at 4444 Walsham, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218, meeting address here. And they have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to about 10.30 p.m. And then again on Saturday, starting at 10 a.m., all right? If you can't actually make it to the classroom, which, which is highly recommended and suggested if you're here in the San Antonio area, uh, you can catch them on YouTube, all right? The YouTube channel is Sword of Truth San Antonio on YouTube. So we invite you to please check them out. If you happen to be in the area, all right, um, if you're in the, the Houston area, if you happen to live in the Houston area, uh, we have a school called the SOW, uh, Houston, Texas, meaning it stands for the Stream of Wisdom, right? SOW, Houston, Texas, the Stream of Wisdom, which is located at 231, FM Road 292, Stafford, Texas, 77477, meaning address there. Uh, they have classes uh, every Monday and Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then again on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., and then also on Saturdays uh, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I invite you to check them out on uh, their YouTube channel uh, on Wednesdays at SOW Houston, Texas Stream of Wisdom. Uh, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and they check them out also on Saturdays uh, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., um, the YouTube channel for the Sabbath class. Uh, if you're in the Norfolk, Virginia area, um, uh, we have a school, the SOW, Norfolk, Virginia, Stream of Wisdom, located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, meaning address there. Um, the school there in Norfolk is, has classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then Saturday starting at 12 noon, all right? You catch them live on Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 p.m. to uh, 10 p.m., and then their YouTube channel, SOW Stream of Wisdom, Nova Virginia, um, live uh, on uh, Fridays from 7 p.m. and then Saturday, starting at 12 noon. All right, for our school in Rochester, if you haven't been in Rochester, uh, New York area, uh, the SOW Rochester, New York Stream of Wisdom, which is located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, Suite Number 1A, Rochester, New York 14606, being the address there. They as well have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then Saturday starting at 10 a.m. And you can catch them live uh, on YouTube, their YouTube channel, SOW Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom YouTube channel, all right? Um, the other YouTube channels uh, that are available for your uh, education and for your information is the Hidden Truth Bible Show, the Israelite Media Corps, uh, and C-O-R-P, Israelite Media Corps, uh, Five Minutes of Wisdom, and hidden books. Right? Check out. Please, actually, please like, share, and subscribe to all of the YouTube uh, uh, channels, whether it's the Sword of Truth, um, uh, San Antonio, Texas, uh, SOW, um, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, Stream of Wisdom, SOW, uh, Nova Virginia, Stream of Wisdom, or SOW, uh, Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom. All right? Please uh, like, share, and subscribe to all of them. Um, let's get the algorithm up, y'all. Let's get the algorithm up that there's so much great information and teaching coming from so many different perspectives um, that do yourself a favor and help, uh, help, help the schools and help yourself disseminate and get this knowledge out. 
because we know we have to wake up the 12 tribes. Uh, we got to wake up the 144,000. We're not leaving here, y'all. And we know we're getting closer because we're seeing the, the, the wars and rumors of wars really taking place. Um, and for what's described in several books of the Bible, uh, which is pointing towards Armageddon, we see the conflict uh, going on in uh, Gog and Magog with uh, Ukraine and with Russia. Uh, we're, we're seeing the, uh, the, the uprisings in, in the Middle East um, with the uh, Hamas and the um, Israeli people over there uh, going to war, uh, getting, uh, about to get Iran inv- uh, involved, about to get um, uh, China involved. And these are some major players when it comes to the prophecies of the Bible pointing towards Armageddon. And we know that without uh, the world war, there's going to have to be a world war taking place uh, before Christ can come and, and make his return, where he's going to save uh, the believers. He's going to save the believers from the destruction, uh, from the destruction of the nations uh, that's going to be taking place, right? where, where Babylon the Great is finally going to be destroyed. So we know that time is coming quickly, y'all. Uh, like it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, uh, uh, that now it's, it's high time for us to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation even nearer than we believe. So let's go ahead and, and keep pushing uh, as, as we're seeing the trial tribulations affecting the believers. We're seeing the, the, the warfare coming against those who try and keep, or that are striving to keep the commandments of the Most High uh, from, from the, um, the slandering, like what, what was done with Christ. With the, uh, you know what? I do want to get that scripture, but let, let me finish, finish my announcements here. Um, for our school in Albuquerque, I, I, I got to move them up in, in, in my list here. Uh, for the Butler's up in Albuquerque, um, the Brother Eichwright is on. He's doing, doing a hell of a job. He, he has endured, brothers and sisters. This brother has endured um, with the families up there. He's doing a great job. If you want to reach out and communicate with uh, the brother, Ashley White, uh, you can reach him at area code 505 218 4218. Give him a call, check him out. Especially uh, coming up, brothers and sisters. Remember, just about three weeks now, we have a, a, a convocation coming up. I'm not going to call it a high holiday. Because uh, we find the high holidays in Leviticus chapter 23, but we do have a, a, a high holiday that is com- coming soon upon us, which is called the Feast of Dedication, otherwise known as Hanukkah. All right, and that begins December 7th, uh, 2023. Uh, is Hanukkah, uh, and it ends December 15th at sundown. So please get in touch with any of the schools you might be closest to. Um, and see what, uh, what actual details uh, uh, the each school we're uh, dealing with for, for this uh, seven days of Hanukkah. Um, it's a great time. Just like the Feast of Tabernacles, it is a good time. Um, not actually living in the tents like, like we did for Tabernacles, but just congregating for those seven days. It, 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 is, it is something else, right? So please check, them, uh, check out the school or, or, or the brothers uh, that's in your area. Um, for, for these very important high holiday, uh, holidays that are, that are coming up upon us, all right? Um, well, I just I saw my prayer list, and my prayer list is getting longer. The, it, some names that have been removed from the prayer list because the most high, thank you for your prayers, uh, brothers and sisters, um, uh, if you, if you, for adding uh, the, some of these names uh, that we do read up on our prayer list to your own particular prayer, prayer list. We do have several people that are actually starting to get healed, all right? So, so their names are no longer on the prayer list. Uh, if you choose to keep them there, it's, it's fine. But we do have some new names that are added to the prayer list that we want to make sure that we uh, 
that that asking everybody to please consider. All right, asking everybody to please consider uh, to please add these names. Um, before I do that, let's go to. Um, the Brother Tucker Park was covering this uh, on his class, uh, the Trinity Part Two. He he touched on this. My brother says, I, I got to go here before we go into the prayer list and then get into today's class. There's going to be a lot of historical research, a lot of reference research and reading that we're going to be doing today. But I, I got I, I to gotta touch on this, y'all. I've got to touch on this. Let's go to, as I'm pulling my, 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 my Bible app up here on, on the computer, um, St. John, all right? Let's go to St. John, chapter 14. And verse 26. And the Brother Thomas Potter did an excellent job. Um, I got a lot of good feedback from a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people from across the country uh, on, on the, the work that he, that, that he did with that and the understanding they got from, from, from that class. Great job, right? Great job. Um, I'm going to Romans chapter 14 verse 26. And as we as we as this prayer list is, is compiled, brothers and sisters, we know that from Matthew chapter twenty four, verses twelve and thirteen, it says that because iniquity is going to abound, that the love of many is going to wax cold, that because of so many of, of the, the the trials and tribulations and persecutions that are going to be taking place and hitting the believers, all right? It says that, um, you know, Paul reminding us that we're supposed to glory in our tribulations, knowing that to let – let me pull that up now. now I don't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, so let me, let me go ahead and just read it real quick. And I said I was working on that, didn't I? I was working on saying that real quick stuff. Um, when we go to Romans chapter 5, and we start at verse 1, uh, it says – I just want to remind everybody of this, right? Romans chapter 5, verse 1, says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is kind of touching also on what we're going to cover. Hit real quick with uh, St. John chapter 14, verse 26. God does leave peace. It says, being justified by faith. And that, that's the, uh, let me slow let me my mind down. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 6 and 10. All right. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that's, that's, I'm, I'm coming off of still, brothers and sisters, Matthew chapter 24, verses 12 and 13. That it says, because iniquity is going to abound, that the love of many is going to wax cold. And iniquity, you know, the sin I like to, I, that I like to use for iniquity is opinion. That because people are going to be stuck in their opinions, um, it says that the love of many is going to wax cold. And a lot of people's opinions are going to, is, is, is going to have them waxing cold because they lack faith in these scriptures, because they lack faith in what the Most High is talking about. And I, or their understanding, they, they, they like to see in Matthew chapter 13, that when they heard the word of God, they didn't receive it with understanding. They, they really understand what, what, it, what it takes to get to God's kingdom. Um, they really still have, a lot, a lot of people still have like the, the Christian 
that, that false Christianity uh, sense of, of, of heaven or the kingdom of God, that, that now that they're coming into some of this knowledge of the Bible, that now every problem, every, every trial, every tribulation is supposed to go away, supposed to vanish, and you're already on the yellow brick road to, to happiness. You're on, on the yellow brick road to, to, to nothing ever having to be tested, tried, or, or um, having your faith strengthened. All right? So coming back now to Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, the only way we're going to be justified in Christ is by having faith in these words. It says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For as much as people are looking for peace and can't find it, there's a reason. That now they're, they're, they're waxing cold, that their love is waxing cold. Okay, verse 2. It says, by whom also we have access by faith into this, this grace wherein we stand. So we have access to this faith through the grace of, of Christ that he's giving us. It says, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We're supposed to be rejoicing in hope, to hope for something. That think about this, brothers and sisters. It says, there's another scripture that says, hope that the sin is not hope. For if a man can see it, then why does he get hope for it? And contrary to to false Christianity teachings, if you're not going through tribulations to have your faith tested, then how can you hope? If you could just see how everything's going to work, how can you have faith? How can you be applying, I hope this scripture works. I hope by me applying this scripture, it's going to work. I hope by me doing things the way the most I want things done, that he's going to come through. But if, you, if everything is just, just, just wine and roses, everything is just coming out uh, uh, just, just good, with no trials, no tribulations, no, 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 nothing to test your faith. You can't have hope. And it says that we're supposed to be rejoicing in hope of the glory of God, that God's glory might come through, that God's uh, power and the faith of his, and his scriptures and God's word is going to come through. All right, verse 3. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. It says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. I'm reading this verse. It says the true believers of Christ, the true believers in the Most High, the true believers in God's word. It says we glory in tribulation also. What's with the glory in the tribulation that we're going through? Not, not having faith in the scriptures, not having faith in God, and now as trials and tribulations come, now your love gets cold. Now as a person's faith gets tried, you get colder. You get more bitter. You hold more grudges. But unfortunately, I can't even say unfortunately. Christ already told us that many people's love is going to ask cold. They're going to get bitter because they don't really believe in the Bible. Because they really don't believe in the scriptures. So that now there is no glory in tribulations. There is no glory. It's just that you're just a victim. It's just everything in your life is just, it's just horrible, and you can't find peace. And so this is where the, the, the addictions come in, whether from addiction to, to, to some type of drug, to drinking, to, to porn, to movies, to food, to, to just trying to work out, and just trying to find your form of peace and happiness that has nothing to do with the peace 
that God said he's sending, that Christ said he's sending. You're just on a, a hunt. You're just searching and can't find it. All right? But it says, again, Romans chapter 5, verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. We're supposed to understand that tribulation does what? It works patience. And Christ already told us, for those that believe in Christ, believe in the Bible, it says, in your patience, possessing your souls. Paul came and told us in Romans chapter 15 that God is the God of patience and that we're supposed to be being conformed and made into his image. Patience. But because things ain't coming through the way a person wants it to, what they imagine or their own expectation, they don't understand that we're supposed to glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation does work patience. Romans chapter 5, verse 4. And patience, experience. So the tribulation is supposed to work your, our patience. Our patience is supposed to give us experience. It says, and experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. And I, I want to touch on this, this Holy Spirit that's given to us. All right? So let's go back to St. John chapter 14. I'm going to start verse 25. Oh, man, hold up. I'm, I'm looking at this here. I'm going to go to St. John chapter 14, verse 23. All right, let's go to St. John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So Christ is making, I mean, this is a very uh, substantial statement. This is a very heavy statement. Christ is being very clear because the question Goodness. I guess I'm verse 22. I guess I'm up to verse 22. St. John chapter 14, verse 22 says, what led to this whole conversation? Christ, Jesus Christ replied the way he did. In St. John chapter 14, verse 22, Judas says unto him, not Iscariot, not, not the Judas that betrayed Christ, but the one who wrote the book of Jude. The book of Jude is... Uh, the short name for Judas, which is a short name for in, in, in the ancient Hebrew, would be uh, Yehawadah, um, who was Christ's brother. All right? So you had Judas Iscariot. Um, then you had another brother named Judas, but they, they called him Jude for short. All right? To make, make a, a, a separation in, and so you know who was being called and what was going on. All right? Uh, and again, the other Jude, the one who asked this question right here, he's the one who gave us the book of Jude which is a very powerful book also, short but powerful. So St. John chapter 14, verse 22. Judas says unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? That's a, I mean, I'm going to borrow my brother Isaac uh, Whitesell's word. That's profound. How is Christ going to manifest himself to his disciples, to his students, and not into the whole world. 
do you, do you know how much meat, how, how much there is to unpack in this, in this scripture right here? That Christ is not going to reveal himself, especially in these last days. He's not going to reveal himself to everybody. But only to his disciples. Only to his students. It's not going to be where the whole wide world is going to look and say, yeah, look, see, that must be them. Because remember, Christ told us in Luke, I believe it's the 11th chapter, he said the kingdom of heaven doesn't come by observation. You're not going to be able to say, oh, but that must be it. Oh, that must be it by you, especially looking through the, the lens and glasses of the world. If you're looking at Christ the way the world, for what the world's looking for, you're not going to see him. You're not going to see him. You're not going to get this to where your, your love is going to wax cold. You're going to get more bitter because you ain't seeing Christ. Hopefully it's not to the point where crisis is now sending you a strong delusion, got you believing some lies that you might be damned. Hopefully that, that don't become the case. But here in St. John 14, 22, again, I'm going to read it one more time. Do the same unto him, not as scary, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, the disciples, the apostles, and not unto the world? Verse, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. Did y'all see that? If a man loves me, he will keep my words. So Christ's measure, if you love him, is not because you said out of your mouth, I love you. That's not his measure. Because the Christian church, Christianity, modern Christianity, will teach you that all you got to say with your mouth is you love Jesus. You ain't got to keep no commandments. You can just follow what you want. You can follow how you feel. You can follow your senses. All you got to do is say you love Jesus. And that's enough for whatever church you might attend. That's enough for whatever, whatever, or whatever you got going on in your mind. The fact you said it, some empty words, that's enough because you're going to keep pursuing what you want. You're going to keep going after what you find and, and, and your own st- measure of standards, but not crisis, not Jesus crisis. So, again, I, I'm reiterating these things to them. If a man loves me, he will keep my words. Question, brothers and sisters, as much as you might listen to, to blog talk or you might listen to uh, um, any one of the YouTube channels uh, uh, or the schools from any, anybody who might be teaching, how many times do they say study? How many times is studying being reiterated? Why important is it to be studying? Why important is it to, to keep listening to the classes? Watching the classes. Because if we're not keeping Christ's words, you don't love him. That's his standard. Regardless of what you think and say and feel, if we're not keeping his words according to what he says, you don't love him. All right? Reading on. And my father will love him. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And if we're keeping Christ's words, my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. You know, almost like that, that, that false altar call that most churches have, was that anybody who wants to give their life to Jesus, um, that the whole congregation, you know, bow their heads, so you, 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 it's a, supposed to be private. If you want to give you, if you know you're a sinner, you want to give your life over to Jesus, uh, raise your hand, come up to the, come up to the altar call, and 
uh, if Jesus is knocking at the door, if you just open open your heart, uh, let him in, he'll, he'll, he'll be with you. That is true, but opening your heart means opening your mind. Think about that, brothers and sisters. Think about that, that, that saying, open your heart. We know that when the Bible mentions heart, it's talking about your mind. So you have to open your mind to now receive Christ's instructions. And then you show you love him by following his instructions. But I know that's not how it's taught to you in the churches that we've attended for so long. I know that wasn't taught to your to my parents. It wasn't taught to my grandparents because on my mom's side, my grandfather was a pastor. My dad is, is, is a superintendent of Sunday schools at, at his church. So the concept of open your heart, meaning you have to open your mind. Remember, brothers and sisters, when you, when you put that together with Psalm chapter 51, uh, uh, verse 16 and 17, that the sacrifices of, of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You have to break your mind. You have to break your way of thinking to receive his instructions in order to keep his words. But if you're not going to break your mind, you're not going to break your way of thinking, Christ and God are not going to abide with you, with us. It ain't going to happen. So even when they do that false, fake rendition of the altar call, where you're supposed to open your heart, they're using the right words, but with complete wrong understanding. You have to open your mind. You have to break your thought process. You have to break how you think. You have to break your perception of things in order to receive Christ and the Most High. Christ and God in order to keep his words. Verse 24. He that loveth me. I'm in St. John chapter 14, verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. This is pretty black and white to me. I know the words of Christ are here in rent, but to me this is pretty plain and simple. He that loveth me not Keepeth not my sayings, and the word which I which ye hear is not from is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Did you hear what he said here? He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. I'm not telling y'all this because of, of, of this is Christ saying. I'm not telling y'all this because I'm taking you personal. Because you don't, because you 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 don't listen and keep my saying. You don't listen and keep my word. So he's saying the first thing. He said, "No, I'm not, I'm not rejecting you or, or or doing this because I I got something against you." He said, "What I'm telling you, this is what this is from God. This ain't my feeling. This is from God." Verse twenty-five. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Verse twenty-six. But the Comforter, and this part I want to get you, brothers and sisters, the Comforter, which is the Holy Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I say unto you. You know you're dealing with the Comforter. You know you're dealing with the Holy Spirit when you're letting Christ's words, when Christ's words are able to come back to your remembrance. But if you've got your heart closed, you got your mind closed, and you're going to just be stubborn in, in, in your perception, 
and your feeling and how you do things so we're not going to retain Christ's words? There is no comfort. Do y'all see that? We don't want to retain Christ's words so there is no comfort. Because what's the comforter? And really, the word comforter. Comfort, you, you, I, I know you hear that. But the comfort, which is the Holy, I'm going to say spirit, because Tazza Pop went over ghost and spirit. Ghost, and I got from Brother Gabar Yala in, in Florida. Ghost, and from Aisha White Zara. Ghost is dealing with death. The Holy Ghost, the word ghost is dealing with death. Somebody's dying. The spirit is dealing with life, being alive. So, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Not remembering, not walking down memory lane of, of, of uh, what's that, that John Lennon song or the Beatles song? Yesterday. Dream about you is so far away. I don't remember all the lyrics, but I remember the chorus. Something, something, something. Yes, I believe in yesterday. That's not what Christ is talking about. The comforter, which will give us comfort from Christ, is that we remember his words. We remember his sayings. So that him and his father will come and dwell with us. All right? And speaking of that, we were, we were talking about that. Um, I forget which brother, which family I was talking to about this. Think about this, brothers and sisters. With Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I'm going way longer into this than I wanted to, but remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? When did Christ, when did God, what was he a comfort to them? He was a comfort to them once they were thrown in the fire. I remember the fire they were thrown into, the men that threw them into that fire, that fire was, was so scorching, it killed some of the soldiers that threw them in. I've been around campfires, brothers and sisters, not as many as Brother Aisha White or, or, or my brother uh, Zakar or Ayal, um, or even the Brother Akad up there in, uh, uh, in Albuquerque. And I'm sure y'all have been camping. Y'all have barbecues. How hot does something got to get that the men that throw your ass in, the fire kills them? That that's how intense and how hot this flame is. But it wasn't until they were thrown in the fire that actually killed other men, that other men were not able to withstand, that that's when Christ actually was with them in the fire. But they had to be thrown in the fire. They weren't sitting around the campfire with, 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 with marshmallows, chocolate, and graham crackers, uh, eating s'mores, uh, the vegetarian s'mores, and just singing kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. They had to be thrown in the fire. Why else would you need comfort unless you're thrown in the fire? So, verse 26 again, but the comforter which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Verse 27, peace 
I leave with you. Let's finish the whole statement, okay? I'm going to finish this whole statement because everybody's looking for peace. Well, where's my peace? I don't find no peace. I ain't got no peace. Listen, St. John chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. I'm going to read this again. And yet, I'm not listen right now. I'm going to have to download that that horse, that horse name or something. I'm definitely going to have to come up with that because we're going to repeat this a little bit. St. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Brothers and sisters, he says what? He's going to leave us peace, a comforter, but it's not going to be as the world giveth. So many of us still be trying to be stuck on our own mind of what we think should be comfort, our own mind of what we find comfort in, and it has absolutely nothing to do with retaining and keeping Christ's words. It has nothing to do with adopting the mind of Christ. Now, that leads me to um, Philippians. Chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 1. Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 1. And I've got to look up this word real quick. We're going to look up the word consolation. From where? Webster's 1828. Cool, I got it ready, so let's read this. Christ's example of humility from Romans chapter 2, verse 1. If, there, if, there, if, if therefore, I'm sorry, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, I'm going to look at this word uh, consolation first. All right? Let, let's look this up. Consolation. It says, see, to console. If you want to be consoled, but before we get there, definition number one of consolation from Webster's 1828 Dictionary. All right, Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Not Merriam-Webster's, just Webster's. No Webster's, one he did by himself. Not the Merriam-Webster, but just the Webster's uh, Dictionary from 1828. Consolation. Comfort. Alleviation of misery or distress of mind. Are we hearing this, brothers and sisters? It is going to be any, therefore, any consolation. It is going to be any, now I'm going to go through the definition. It is going to be any comfort. It is going to be, reading out with the definition, it is going to be any alleviation of misery. It is going to be any uh, uh, alleviation of misery or distress of the mind. We're, we're so stressed out. And if you want to have any alleviation, of any mental stress you're going through, reading on with the definition of consolation, refreshment of the mind or spirit. If you want to be refreshed, have your mind refreshed, have your spirit refreshed, if there's going to be any consolation, comfort, alleviation of misery, or distress of the mind, 
any refreshment of mind or spirit. It is going to be a comparative degree of happiness in distress or misfortune. Are we hearing this? If there's going to be any consolation, what's the definition of consolation? Comfort. Alleviation of misery. Alleviation of uh, misery or distress of the mind. Is there going to be any refreshment of mind or spirit? Is there going to be a comparative degree of happiness in distress or misfortune? Springing from any circumstance that uh, abates the evil or supports and strengthens the mind as hope, joy, courage, and the like. All right? If there's going to be any of that, Definition number two, that which comforts or refreshes the spirits. The cause of comfort as the consolation of Israel uh, in Luke chapter 2. All right? So if there's going to be any consolation, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Christ said he's going to send us to comfort. Right after he had said, when the question was asked to him, how is it you're going to manifest yourself unto us and not to the whole world? He said, and Christ's reply was, if a man love me, he will keep my sayings. And my father will love him. And we will come and make our abode with him. He that keepeth not my sayings loves me not. That's what Christ just said. Then right there he says, but I'm going to send you the comforter. Who's going to, uh, uh, which is the Holy Spirit, which shall bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I said to you. It's going to bring my words back to you. The Holy Spirit is going to come back to you. Reading on verse 2, it says, Fulfill ye my joy. We have to fulfill Christ's joy, not our own joy. Fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Uh, but being of one accord and one mind with who? Make sure everybody's in one accord and one mind with what, how I feel, with what I'm going through, or one, one accord and one mind with how Christ does things. And that we're supposed to remember his words because that's where the comfort is for the believers. And it's not going to be the same comfort that people of the world look for, are searching for, or are expecting. Verse 3, let nothing, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Stop thinking about you. Stop being selfish. But we know that's not going to happen because the love of many is going to wax cold. Because of iniquity, the love of man is going to last cold because people are going to be, want to look after their own things, their own, how, their own perceptions, their own misguidings, their own heart, their own mind, whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at it. We're being instructed, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Here's the key, y'all. Verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. How can this mind be in you if, you're not, if we're not going to retain Christ's words? How can we have this mind 
and so that we can get comfort, so we can get the consolation, so we can get the alleviation of the stress of, of the mind. We can get a, re- a refreshment of our spirit, refreshment of, of the mind. If we're not going to let Christ's word stay with us while we're in tribulation so that we can glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation, the tribulation work of patience and patience experience and experience hope so that we're not going to be ashamed, if we're not going to retain Christ's words, then we're not going to get the peace that Christ said. We're not going to get the, the he said, peace I leave unto you, not as the world giveth. He, he said these things, but if we're not going to hold on to his words, none of these things will come back to our minds. A lot of us, going to, we're not going to have comfort. We're not going to have comfort. It's just not going to happen. So going through all this, and I'm taking way more time than I, than I intended, going over these things, brothers and sisters, if, if we're not going to think about others and consider that they are, that, that for some of the old school people, Hey, my, my generation of people coming up, remember how it used to be said, you, you might have heard, you might have heard, I don't know if you did or not, but last time um, where, I, where I grew up at and where we grew up and, and it'd be on the movies and shit, it'd be like, uh, eat all your food because there's people in Africa that starve. Eat, eat, eat everything because there's, there's always somebody doing a lot worse than you. It is something to, 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 those, to those effects, and I, I, I hate that I got to try and bring up something that that our parents might have said, our grandparents might have said, and that's the words of Christ. Even though we just read, we're reading about the words, of, we're reading Christ's words. But if we're always going to be in this mindset that that I'm going through worse than what anybody else is going through, that way I'm justified to be into my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own way of looking at things. You're wrong. When it comes to Christ, you don't love Christ. Even though it's your mouth, the tears you might shed, if we're not going to keep your sayings, you don't love Christ. That's from his point of view. That's what he says. All right? So, as going through this prayer list, let me pull that back up. To understand and find out that that there's people going through, when you take the time to get out of your own way, you might find out that there's people out here doing a lot worse than what you're going through, but you're oblivious to it because you're only thinking about you. It's only what you're going through. But again, the scriptures tell us that in the last days, men should be lovers of their own selves. That's going to be increasing. So that the love of, the love, the love of many is going to wax cold. People are going to get real selfish as the tribulations hit. And instead of using the scriptures, Christ's words when tribulation hits, they go into a panic. They lose patience. They lose hope. Because their expectation is not going the way they expect it to. And they don't have to apply no scriptures. They don't even try to remember any of Christ's words about what's going to happen, how to handle it. People are going to be getting real selfish out here. This is how it's going to get. So I try to teach people to not be selfish, to consider others. That's going to be needed. That's going to be needed. But unfortunately, more people are going to be about their own feelings and how they see it than trying to remember the, the words of Christ. So 
But all that being said, brothers and sisters, I do want to send the, uh, uh, I have a list of names that I would like to, uh, uh, that, we just, uh, that I'm going to send prayers up for. And the only reason I'm doing it here on this platform is so that blocks are, all our blocks, our classes are recorded. And I ask that if you can't catch the names while, while I'm going through them live, that you might come back later on and catch the show at, at, at your convenience. And you can, uh, especially if you go through Google Podcasts, you can fast forward and rewind, and you can get these names. Not only just for the prayer list, but if it's like for Tons of classes, any of the books that he's going over, the research books that he's going over, any of the websites that he pulls up, you can, on Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio Podcasts, uh, where you find us under ISHBK Bible Talk um, or Podcast Addict, that you can actually fast forward and rewind and pause uh, the shows so you can go back and get all this research. You can go back and get all these things, all right? Um, and you can go come, come and get all these names. That's the only reason why I'm doing this, because I know not to, to go against Christ and his words. Um, we're supposed to pray in, in secret. Um, so I'm only doing this so that others can add these names to your prayer list. All right? That's the reason I'm doing it. So, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us. Please listen to us now, right now. Please send your Holy Spirit of mercy and peace to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, to build up. We ask you, Father, that, as, that you might put your name and bless and keep and make your face to shine upon and be gracious unto. And, that, Father, you might lift up your countenance upon and give peace to Naya, the wife of Yahweh, here at the Sport of Truth here in San Antonio. We ask, Father, for uh, the uh, the brother J.T. Edwards, a young man who goes to school with, my, uh, with my, my two sons and with my daughter. We ask for Bobby Dixon, father. We ask uh, these for Sierra Leakey, the daughter of Brother David. We ask these things uh, for the sister Abadiah, the wife of Brother Lachama out there in Houston, Texas. We ask these things for Brother Shaquat Kibar out there in Nova Virginia. We ask his father for the brother Sahamon Macha and his wife Waridaya here at the Sport of Truth here in San Antonio. We ask this for Miss Catherine, otherwise known as Ma Dukes, the mother of, 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 our, of, our, of our brother, uh, Tazapah. We ask this for our friends up in Albuquerque, for Becky, for Daryl, and for Carmen. I ask this, uh, Father, for my in laws, the Lovett family. We ask this, Father, for um, the family of Gabarkawa, the Coates family. We ask this father for our brother Kizakia and his family up there in Norfolk as well. We ask this father for the brother Thawam Mayan uh, in Houston and for his mother, Samakaya, and for his wife, Shariah, and for their son, Benaya. We ask father for the brother Thawam uh, here in San Antonio, West Beverly. We ask father for our sister, Ayana, 
the wife of Brother Warner Iyer um, here in San Antonio, this word of truth. We ask, Father, for the daughter of Tazafa and Arakaya, their daughter, Sisi. We ask for the daughter of Gabar Kawa, Isali. And we ask for the daughter of our brother, Bonabad, and his wife, Kwadashaya, their daughter, Aliyah. We ask, Father, I ask, uh, we ask Father for the, uh, the Tazafa family, his whole family. We ask Father for the brother Kwadash Gabar here in San Antonio. Father, we ask for uh, uh, the brother Yanamathar, who's traveling on the road right now. We ask for uh, the family of our brother out there in Florida, uh, Gabar Ya'ala, and his wife Aisha, and their nephew Keontae, and their niece Rihanna. And for uh, Aisha's mother, Ruthie Mae Johnson. We ask, Father, for Sam Kudas out there in Florida as well, and his wife Mariah, and their son, Kazaki. We ask, Father, for our brother LV, um, who's about to have eye surgery, Father. We ask that you might uh, uh, be with him and be with the surgeon uh, as he goes through his eye surgery, Father. And we also ask, Father, for his mother, Pat Washington. Father, we ask for, for our sister, Quadrasaya, um, the wife of our brother, Bonabad. Um, we ask for Sean Stark. We ask for Sylvia Khan. We ask for Yama. We ask for the brother Yasha Allah out there in Gallup and for, uh, for my parents, Father. And we ask, Father, that you, should, that you might put your name upon the children of Israel and that you will bless them. And we ask all these things in the name of the Father, in the name of Christ. And we thank you always. The water through your eyes. Come on. All right, brothers and sisters. So, got that now. We got that. We got that. We got that. And I really did not intend to take that, that long on the introductions. Um, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm not going to beat myself up over right now. Uh, so, we got about an hour. Uh, <clears throat> we got about an hour remaining. If you're listening to our class, any of our classes, through the computer, through the website, live, right? If you listen through to our, any one of our classes, you might get the text message. Somebody might afford it to you. Um, uh, then you know when the show is starting uh, and w- what time block. And it's about a two-hour show. And there's a, a, a computer link. Um, and there's a link in the text message that's sent out that you can click on it to connect to the show. Or there's a number that you can call in uh, to, to be able to listen. Um, if you're coming in through the computer link live, um, the show is only up for two hours. We only have a two-hour time, time block um, that they give us in listening through the computer or through the website live, okay? If you call in at area code 646-668-2568, then if the class goes over two hours, and sometimes we do, um, sometimes it happens, that you can still listen to the, the class live in its entirety by calling in. Or if you're listening in on a computer, this is what I'm going to suggest. If you're listening in on a computer and we get towards, that, towards, that, towards the mark, I would ask you to go ahead and just call in. And then you can continue the show live with us from calling in before the show ends. Because at the, two, the end of two hours, you, the, the, you can't call in. Right? So either you can't call in after two hours, or if you listen to the, to the, uh, to the web browser, at two hours, it's going to cut off. All right? So that's the way to kind of get around that, okay? That's the way to uh, kind of get around that. All right, brothers and sisters. Um, let me do this. Let me do this. 
We're right here. And I think I heard Tessa Pond say this. No, no. It was Brother Mike Allen. I forgot to mention Dr. Mike Allen Ben Israel, who's up there in Dallas uh, with the Brother Kabar Um uh, The Brother uh, Dr. Mike Allen, uh, him and Aishwai Desai have been doing the uh, Fountain of Wisdom uh, tour portions uh, every Sabbath morning. Uh, as well as the the, uh, the Psalms every every Friday night, they're doing a heck of a job. It is growing. Uh, I continue prayers for y'all brothers um, and families, and what y'all have going on. Uh, please keep uh, keep it up. But one thing, that brother uh, uh, Mike Oliver, uh, Doctor Mike Oliver, says, just give those acknowledgments um, during his tour portion, uh, is that he needs to take a a, a bio intermission. Right, a bio, like a short for biological uh, intermission. So I'm going to request or let it be known, I'm going to take a, uh, a bio intermission at this time. Let me, let me pull this up. Let me pull my studio up. I'm going to take a bio intermission right now. And then what we're going to do is Come on, what, what's going on? One second, y'all. Sometimes I really can't stand technology. I got brother, I started about you know the the, uh, uh, AI is artificial intelligence. Yes, this is where we're at. All right, cool, cool, cool. So I'm going to take a, a bio-intermission. And when I get back, we will go ahead, go ahead with the continuation of, the, of this class. Here we go.
Alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. We are back, we're back, we are back. Alright, slum, 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 slum. I guess just under an hour. Uh, just under an hour from from because I'm looking here at the, at the clock. I'm gonna see what, what we can get in. There's a lot of reading that we need to be doing, though. There's a lot, a lot of historical reading I want to get into today. Uh, the title of the class, for the sisters, was or is um, uh, spiritual fornication. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it is. Uh, let me just pull it up here. Spiritual fornication, um, part nine. Mother of God? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. The, if you've listened to our series that we're dealing with right here, we're dealing with the, the, uh, the series, The True Birth of Christ. All right? we're, we're like on our 15th or 16th part on The True Birth of Christ. But it led us to the sub-series and in going into uh, the idols of the Gentiles being the beginning of spiritual fornication. All right, and we're at part nine of the sub-series of the major series that we're going over about the true birth of Christ, all right? And what we've had to establish in these previous eight parts is idol worship, how it started, uh, what it is, uh, the, the polytheistic um, uh, worship of many gods, uh, and a lot of the the... the a lot of customs and traditions that are observed and held on to today, even within the so-called Christian church, that have their origins, their starts, and their beginnings heavily in paganism. So we've been covering it all the way up until this time, all right? And it's taken us through a lot of history. And it's taken us through a lot of, of, of um, eye-opening uh, revelations, all right, uh, about what, what was going on Going all the way back from the Tower of Babel, uh, uh, when mankind, after the flood, uh, you know, was was repopulating the earth and was building cities, and how a tyrant rose up whose name was Nimrod. Um, and the beginning of his empire was was Babel, uh, ba- ba- Babylon and Assyria, uh, with his wife Ceramesis. And we, we've been covering this, and, and their child, Tammuz, uh, which was said to be, after Nimrod died, um, and we're going to cover this today, after Nimrod died, uh, in order to retain the power, because he was a, a conqueror, and the Bible even tells you that, um, in order to retain power, so his wife, so she wouldn't lose um, influence, she claimed that her, 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 her husband was so powerful that even though he was physically dead, that his spirit was in the sun and that the rays of the sun impregnated her. Because when he died, um, they chopped his body up in many different pieces, and the only body part they found was his genitals. And to commemorate, or think of, to commemorate this, um, uh, they represented his genitals by an evergreen tree, that that part didn't die, and that's how powerful he was, and that they were to bring presents to honor him, 
on his birthday, which happens to be December 25th, uh, but that he impregnated uh, his, his spirit impregnated his wife, and she gave birth to a divine child, who was the spirit of her of her husband come back again, so that her her son Tammuz was actually her husband Nimrod come back as a child. All right, um, and how th- that history and that story. And a lot of the things that they got into, a lot the, from the fertility um, um, uh, uh, cults that rose up, the sex cults that rose up, the uh, the whole thinking of of Nimrod uh, to make a name for yourself, uh, how that was was uh, that cancer had spread through all the nations, even at the time of the Tower of Babel. That that's one reason that that's what gave him power, influence over everybody, is that the, to be free, to be at liberty to do what makes you happy. Uh, make a name for yourself and don't be constricted by God's laws, by God's boundaries, by, by, by God's righteousness. Go and establish your own righteousness. You're responsible for your own happiness uh, uh, and follow whatever you want and make a name for yourself. That all that had its origins with Nimrod, that, that uh, you got to take destiny by, by, by its horns. Uh, 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 seize the day. All right. Um, that this this was uh, just how it was done, uh, the, the, and that this this influence has really spread throughout every nation on the planet. So we was going over, we've been going over this, and now we're the part now to suddenly understanding that this whole concept about a virgin birth, this whole concept about a, a virgin giving birth to a baby is so deeply rooted in paganism, it, it, it's almost ridiculous. And before, before we go there, uh, well, we're going to get into it. Not this class, because I'm, I'm running out of, right out of time. But we also need to, need to also get it, as well as us taking a look at, at uh, these pagan origins of a woman being impregnated by a spirit and giving birth to a divine child, that is very deeply rooted in paganism, going all the way back to Nimrod, his wife Ramus, and their son Tammuz. So we're going to do a lot. We're going to, we've done a lot of biblical work. We're going to do a lot of historical reference work today. I went to the book called The Two Babylons. All right? This is a reference book called The Two, a historical book called The Two Babylons, uh, with the subtitle, uh, Romanism and Its Origins. And it's Romanism meaning Catholicism, all right? And it's a book uh, that started out as a religious pamphlet published in 1853 by uh, Alexander Hislop, uh, Hislop, all right? Alexander Hislop. So we're going to uh, The Two Babylons. Uh, by Alexander Hislop, and I'm going to chapter two, um, Objects of Worship, section one. Now I'm not dealing with the Trinity. Uh, I'll probably deal with that for sure. Um, I'm going to page 19, but we're going to the two the two Babylons uh, by Arthur Hislop, uh, and I'm going to page 19. Now you can actually download a free copy, a PDF copy of the two Babylons. Yeah, it's available online. 
right? It's available online. Uh, for download, if you don't want to, you know, take the space on your on your desktop, uh, you can view it. Right? You can just view it. You don't have to download. You can just view it. So I'm going to the two Babylons. Like, uh, I said author. I mean Alexander. By Alexander. I'm sorry. By Alexander Hislop. His 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 op Hislop. I'm going to page 19. And the brother Tazi Power had, had, has covered this, and we've been going back and forth in, in this book. We're going to go a little bit more deeper into this book today, y'all. So starting at page 19, it says, Section 2, The Mother and the Child, the original of the child or the origin of the child, all right? Uh, again, starting at page 19 from the top, and it says, While this was the theory, the first person in the Godhead was practically overlooked as the great invisible um, Taking no immediate, uh, taking no immediate from Babylon, because uh, Nimrod had died, leaving leaving his wife Semiramis, and then as she getting impregnated supposedly by his his spirit, and giving birth to a divine child, it is this child's name being Tammuz, and Tazbati covered this uh, in front of his Trinity class that the father became overlooked. The father being Nimrod, he was already dead. And now the, the focus became the mother, Ceramus, going back to his actual origins, and their divine child, Tammuz. All right? Now, one thing I was just, as I was going back over this, brothers and sisters, have you ever noticed there is a Father's Day and there's a Mother's Day? And a lot of fathers uh, be, be saying this. How come from Mother's Day, People go all out for Mother's Day. They, they, they go all out for Mother's Day, but the fathers be, most times be overlooked. The fathers, for the most part, they'll, they'll get something to keep them working, but it would be nowhere, nowhere as grand as what is done for mother. You might have, have a child, uh, a, a, a young athlete, who, whose father uh, was there with him in every practice, was there with him, pushing him on, encouraging him, disciplining him uh, for, for, for greatness. And many times he gets overlooked as all about what mom did, to where the child's like, uh, hi, mom, they're on TV. Hi, mom, I want to buy mom a house. I want to get my mom out, out, out of this. I want to get my mom out of that. Um, and it'd be very little acknowledgement or recognition of the father, of the dad. We see this prevalent even today, brothers and sisters. For the most part, everything that can be found critical to criticize the, a man, to criticize a father, is done. And it's all about the mother. Well, brothers and sisters, that whole concept had its origins and beginnings going where? And the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up, and this is not the, this is not the female bass, not, not, not in the least bit, but... Brothers and sisters, if we just retain the Ten Commandments, if we just remember the Ten Commandments, it says, honor thy father and thy mother. The scripture talks about the holy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our fathers, the fathers, the fathers. That's how God, when we read this Bible, that's what God has to focus at. The Bible tells about keep the order. 
God's the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the man. The man's head of the woman. The woman's head of the ch- children. There's an order. Keep the order that I've given it to you. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. But going all the way back to its beginnings and origins with Nimrod and Ceramicus, the focus became about the mother and the child, and the father was often overlooked. We see this same concept going on to this very day. And there's always some type of criticism and always some type of, 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 of uh, uh, justification to not regard what the father's doing. It's always about the mother and the children. We see this even to this very day, brothers and sisters. So it says, I'll read this again. While this was the theory, the first person in the Godhead was practically overlooked. And the Godhead being the father, the wife, and the mother. And this coming after what uh, Alexander Hislop was coming about the Trinity that the brother Thomas posited as in job on. Reading on, it says, and the great invisible uh, taking no immediate from Babylon. This whole concept comes from Babylon, the Tower of Babel with Nimrod, Ceramicus, Tammuz. It says, but check this, out, check this out. It says, even from India, concerning human affairs, he was to be worshipped through silence alone. So even in India, think about this, brother. even in India, Haji, uh, you know, uh, Aladdin. Even in India, with, with the genies and all that type of stuff, the father was, was to be worshipped, but through in silence. That is in point. That is a point of fact. He was not worshipped by the multitude at all. The same thing is strikingly illustrated in India at this day, through uh, Brahma, according uh, to the sacred books. Um, is the first person of the Hindu triad and the religion of Hindu, Hindustan is called by his name, yet he is, he is never worshipped. And there is scarcely a single temple in all India now in existence uh, of those that were formerly erected in his, in, to his honor. That it's all about the woman, the woman and the child, the woman and the child even in India, right, going all the way back to Babylon. Uh, let me jump down. It says, um, it says, so also is, uh, also is it in those countries of Europe where the papal system is most completely developed. So wherever Catholicism is in Europe, it's the same thing established. It's all about the mother and the son. Even in Catholicism, in, 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 in Europe, and this is what Alexander Hissop was bringing out, but throughout history, you can see this same concept. In Papal Italy, meaning in Catholic Italy, like where the Vatican is, as travelers uneasily admit, except um, where the gospel has recently uh, entered, all appearance of worshiping the king eternal and invisible is almost extinct, while the mother and the child are grand objects of worship. Exactly so uh, in this latter respect. Also, was it in ancient Babylon? That again, it, it had its origins in ancient Babylon. To where even the story of, of, of Mary, I'm jumping ahead of myself, 
Joseph is 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 acknowledged only to the most minuscule part, very minuscule, while the focus now becomes about Mary and Christ, the mother and the child. But th- that concept didn't start there in thirty three B C thirty three A D with Mary and Jesus. We're finding out that this goes all the way back to, again, Sermonicus and Tammuz. And Brother Tuspah covered all this. He, he covered a lot of this, all right? Um, I'm, 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 I'm hearing how him and with the help and aid of his wives uh, in teaching this class that a lot of this was read, but I got to read some of this because we're going to go a little bit further into it. it says, so reading on, it says, the Babylonians and their popular religion – Supremely worshipped a goddess, mother, and son, who was represented in pictures and in images as an infant or child in his mother's arms. And I, I do remember hearing and Tuspot and, and his wives did go over this part. A lot of times, brothers and sisters, if you if you can, if I take your mind here for a minute, coming to America, dealing with now America. And now with the transatlantic slave trade and with the conquest of the Americas, when so-called white people first came on and started conquering the Americas, whether it be North, Central, South America, uh, with, with Columbus and the Jesuits and the, and the, uh, 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 the Catholic priests and the monks uh, and the Rosicrucians, uh, coming with their religion, their theology, with their guns, um, with their warfare, and, and implementing their worship, their their their, uh, their ways of worship on the people here, for the people on the slave ships coming on the slave ships <coughs> to the Americas uh, from from those uh, uh, the western ports of Africa coming over here, that our idea of theology and our idea of religion has been forced fed to us by them. That's where we got our concept from. All right. Now it says that. Uh, the Babylonians, in their popular religion, uh, supremely worshipped a goddess mother and son who was represented in pictures and in images as an infant child in his mother's arms. Because of when white people came in and the whitewashing of many icons, that all pictures that we were used to is, is a, a, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. Uh, uh, the, the characters of the Bible being replaced by all white people, uh, from Adam to uh, Abraham, to, to, to Isaac, to, to Jacob and his 12 sons, to Job, to Christ, to the disciples, to Peter, to Paul, that it's been such a whitewashing going on. Uh, and with us not being given the, given the chance to learn how to even read, we couldn't read the scriptures to even find out and see that no, these people were people of color. We were forced to look at pictures. So from, from, from churches across the world, especially here in America, there's a white image of Jesus somewhere. Uh, and and, and the, all the artwork and, and the icon work um, is all um, depictions of white people uh, carrying out biblical scenes, all right, uh, from a, a, a white uh, butt-naked Adam to a, a white butt-naked Eve uh, standing around a tree with a serpent going up the tree. That every depiction of Bible characters and Bible people has them as white people. Um, 
So with that being so heavily and being so prevalent, that as we started getting into archaeology, as we start as 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 the truth of the Bible started really coming out, that was not filtered through religion, that was not filtered through Christianity, uh, and was being aided now with the uh, historical facts of archaeology. We started to find that now for all the white images we've seen, the Caucasian image we've seen of, of Jesus, of Mary, of the disciples, of the apostles, now we're starting to find the archaeology that's left over in, uh, in churches that were built uh, across Europe, and churches that were built uh, uh, over in England, over in Germany, uh, over in Russia even, uh, that we started seeing that no, they, they were actually people of color. And one thing that, that people started seeing and discovering to our shock and amazement was what appeared to be a black Virgin Mary with a black baby Jesus. Now, it's funny. If you think about it, Christ died. When Christ was hung on the cross, he wasn't a baby. Just think about that for a second, brothers and sisters. When Christ died on the cross, he wasn't a baby. Think about that. He had a beard that was pulled off his face. He was a grown-ass man, 33 years old. When we read the depiction of Christ in Revelation chapter, chapter uh, 1, verse 14 down, he was very dark-skinned. He had uh, woolly hair and, and a full beard. That was Christ. But every image, this, this, every image we get, if it's not the, the image of who we know now know as Caesar Borgia, it got Jesus and it's got supposedly Mary and Jesus, but he's always a baby. He's always an infant. And then we would start seeing dark images of what we believe to be a black Madonna and the baby Jesus. Brothers and sisters, those black images of, of a woman with her infant is not Mary and the baby Jesus. That is, this is what we're going to find out, that they had depictions of what would be a mother and a son going all the way back to Babylon with Nimrod. So I'm going to read this part again. The Babylonians and their popular religion, again, this Babylonians going all the way back to Nimrod, and their popular religion supremely worshipped a goddess mother and a son who was represented in pictures and in images as an infant or child in his mother's arms. This is going all the way back to ancient history, not just with Mary and the baby Jesus. This is why I say a lot of this stuff that, that we've been conditioned to, 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 to believe in is straight from the devil. It's straight from the devil. That's what Paul said. Um, the things that the Gentiles sacrifice them to, they sacrifice them to devils and not to God. And I would that you have not uh, had no fellowship with devils. Remember, and the word devil just means deceiver, something that's deceiving people. Right? Reading on from from uh, uh, from uh, the two Babylons, it says from Babylon, this worship of the mother and the child spread to the ends of the earth. In Egypt, the mother and the child were worshipped under the names of Isis. And Osiris, did y'all catch that, brothers and sisters? So going even all the way back to ancient Egypt, remember where, where Moses led the Israelites out of? 
Remember, you know, the Red Sea, the Ten Plagues? Part of the Egyptian theology, part of the Egyptian polytheism was the worship of a mother and a child. But by no means in ancient Egypt was it Mary and Jesus. They obviously weren't born yet. Mary and Jesus, if we came out of Egypt around 1500 B.C., 1,500 years before Christ, there is no way the Egyptians, as part of their culture, when they had a mother and a child in arms and they were worshiping this, had no idea, no reference about Jesus Christ and Mary. This obviously was somebody else that they were venerating. This was somebody else that they were worshiping that, remember for that 400 years, that we were under the hard rigor of the Egyptians? having to be enveloped and, 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 and deeply involved with their culture and their way of life and their religion to where they had a mother with an infant child, with a child in her arms, but they called those names Isis and Osiris, the exact same image that's been force-fed down our throats through Christianity and dealing with Mary and Jesus, the ancient Egyptians had the same image, but the name of it wasn't Mary and Jesus. It was Isis and Osiris. Reading on, it says, in India, even to this day, as Issi and Isvara, so even in India, Haji, with the dot on the forehead, Aladdin, and the magic carpet ride, even they in ancient times and worship, worship a mother and infant child. They didn't call it Mary and Jesus. They called it Issy and Ishwara. In Asia, as Sybil and Diosis. In Asia, you know, like Ephesus, like in, in, in uh, Thyatira, like in Galatia, like in Pergamos, all the places that there was fornication going on that, that, that we covered in part of this past series, that part of the things that Paul and the apostles was trying to get Israelites out of was this type of worship of just focusing on the mother and the child. Because that's going back to the mother who was divinely impregnated and had the divine child. That's ancient, brothers and sisters. That is not how that is not originated with Mary and the baby Jesus. All right? Reading on, it says, in pagan Rome, no, I'm sorry, in pagan Conia, it was Fortuna and Jupiter. So you have Fortuna in another region of the world, which is pagan. You had the mother Fortuna, and her infant child, or the, uh, her child, Jupiter, the boy. It says now in Greece, as Ceres, the great mother, with the babe at her breast. Brother, so, again, this concept that we keep associating Mary being the, uh, and Jesus Christ 
and that the worship is more about them, that and that Mary was the was impregnated by a spirit or something power or by supernatural means. No, those origins didn't start there, in 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 four uh, uh, four A.D. This concept, this paganistic religion, has started all the way back in ancient Babylon, and has spread through every corner of the earth since then under different names. It says, um, or as Irene, the goddess of peace, with the boy Plutus in her arms. So, brothers and sisters, I mean, there's so many examples in paganism about the mother and the, and the divine child, the mother who was impregnated by some supernatural means and had his divine child. So the focus is now on the mother and the child and not on the invisible one, the invisible God, not on the father. Going all the way back to Nimrod who died and for his wife to keep, retain power through legend, through mythology, through what have you, she was impregnated by her, the spirit of her powerful husband. All right? Reading on. There's more to it, y'all. There's more to it. And even in Tibet, in China, and Japan, you know, uh, Tony Ja, Tibet, China, and Japan, they had, they had similar representations that had nothing to do with the quote-unquote Virgin Mary and Jesus, the boy, Jesus, the infant, Jesus. The Jesuit missionaries were astonished to find the counterpart of Madonna and her child as devoutly worshipped as in Papal Rome itself. You're like, y'all worship, y'all mother goddess gods as devoutly as Catholics worship the Virgin Mary and Jesus in Rome itself, in Italy, in the, where the Vatican is. Check it out, y'all. Xing Mu, the Holy Mother in China, being represented with a child in her arms. Are y'all hearing this? Xing Mu, the Holy Mother in China. So even China's got a Holy Mother. Tibet has a Holy Mother and child. China has a Holy Mother and child. Japan has a Holy Mother and child. Um, uh, uh, Greece had a Holy Mother and child, a great mother and child. Uh, what was this? India has, has a holy mother and child. Egypt has a holy mother and child. Obviously, Babylon had a holy mother and child. I'm on page 21. Right? I'm on, on the, uh, the two Babylons. I'm on page 21. Uh, Mu, the holy mother in China, being represented with a child in her arms, and a glory around her, and a glory around her, like a halo, like, the, like there's magical powers, like there's supernatural powers. There's a Holy Spirit emanating from her, exactly as if a Roman Catholic artist had been employed to set her up. Did y'all hear this? And I know Brother Tazapah and his wives <clears throat> covered this. I know they did. But, 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 
I'm going to get that 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 uh <laughs> I'm going to get that I'm going to get that that that, that horse. All right. Um, now I'm going to subsection J, the child in Assyria. All right. Subsection J, the child in Assyria. It says the origin of that mother, so widely worshipped there is reason to believe was Ceramicus. So the origin of all, in all these places, there's reason to believe that it was Ceramicus. Already referred to, who, it is well known, was worshipped by the Babylonians. Right? Again, why the Babylonians is it important? That's going back to Nimrod, who established that first empire, the first kingdom, after the flood. Okay? It says, and other eastern nations, and that under the name of Rhea, the great goddess mother, then now in other 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 places, this same character was named Rhea, the goddess mother. Now remember, go do your 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 go do your studies, and we covered it a little bit in, in the series that we've been over. Remember Zeus was the son of Rhea. And remember, according to, to uh, uh, Greek mythology, Zeus had sex with his mother, Rhea, and gave birth to Apollo, I believe it was. Uh, there's so many names, I'm, I'm having a, uh, mixed up. But Zeus had sex with his mother. After being uh, her being uh, having sex with the god Kronos, the mother having a divine child, they had sex and they had offspring. The, uh, it was it was from the son, however, that she derived all her glory. It was from the son that Rhea derived all her glory. Where is Mary getting all her glory from? That she's looked at more, almost she's looked at more even almost than Jesus. That how many, and we covered this in this series. How many people, and we, we did cover this. Oh, there's so much information. The prayer beads. We covered this. How many cultures have prayer beads besides Roman Catholics and Islam? And Zoroastrianism, I believe. I forget how many they use prayer beads, and and we covered that. I can't pull it right now. About how many different prayers there are just to the Virgin Mary. That somehow she's supposed to have some type of authority over her son Jesus. That she's she's going to be able to tell her son who to bless, who to curse. That the mother's supposed to have that much authority? This is going back to ceramicists. All right, I'm going to read on. It says, um, it was from the son, however, that she derived all her glory and her claims to deification. That son, though represented as a child in his mother's arms, was a person of great stature and immense bodily powers. This is not about Jesus Christ. This is talking about Rhea and her son, as well as a most fascinating manners. Check it out. In Scripture, 
He's referred to in Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 14, under the name of Tammuz, but is commonly known among classical writers under the name of Bacchus. That is the lamented one to the ordinary reader. To the ordinary reader, the name of Bacchus suggests nothing more than revelry and drunkenness. I remember we covered this. That was some of the heavy worship that was going on in Galatia, Thessalonica, Pergamos, the uh, Dionysus and Bacchus worship was prevalent in Asia. This is what Paul was battling. This is what the apostles were dealing with. Come on, y'all. That Bacchus worship just about getting drunk and having a good time and being free and being at liberty to you could be a man, put makeup on, look like a woman. You won't put on any more makeup so you could be so you could be a whore. So you can be seen and known as a prostitute. Put the wigs on. Put the weaves on. Get long-ass hair so everybody knows that you don't respect your husband. You are a hoe. You are a harlot. You, you are promiscuous. You sleep around. This goes, that's not just Bacchus worship or Aphrodite worship or, or Hera worship or Venus worship. That goes like Ceramus, the great mother. But it says, but it's now well known that amid... All the all the abominations that attended his orgies, their grand design was professedly the purification of souls. That Bacchus, being the son of what became Rhea, that the worship of him and whatever custom and culture that was was to purify your soul, and that from and that from the guilt and defilement of sin. Don't you feel guilty about what you do? Be, feel free, just be free. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you how to. It's your thing. Exhibited 